Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, let's hear that again. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> and I want you to just relax because you made it. You know, I mean, this, it's kind of weird that when we celebrate the Prince of Peace, it's some of the most hectic, chaotic time of, uh, of the year. And it's so, so you made it here. And we just want you to truly just to, just to kick back. We're going to do things uh, uh, kind of because of the kids here tonight. We're going to make the, the story hopefully come alive. Before we do that, let me ask you the question. How many of you celebrate and open at least one gift uh, tonight? How many people? All right. How many will open everything tomorrow? Okay. How many do at least one of every one of each? Something. All right. Kind of in there. How many of you know at least you're pretty sure of at least one gift you're going to get? Raise your hand. How many are really stoked about a gift that you're going to give somebody else? Raise your hand. That's kind of fun. I like that. Way more hands even went up on that. Well, I came across a, something I thought would be a little fun for Christmas. This is a, uh, a story circulated years ago about Sherlock Holmes and his loyal friend, student Watson, who were together on a camping trip. After a good meal, they lay down for the night and went to sleep. Some hours later, Holmes woke up and nudged his faithful friend awake. Watson, he said, look up in the sky and tell me what you see. I see millions and millions of stars, Watson replied. Watson pondered the question and said, you know, astronomically, it tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I observe that Saturn is in Leo. Hierologically, I deduce that the time is approximately a quarter past three. Theologically, I can see that God is all-powerful and that we are small and insignificant in comparison. Meteorologically, I suspect that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. What does it tell you, Sherlock? Holmes was silent for a minute and he said, Watson, you idiot. He said with a measure of restraint, someone has stolen our tent. (laughs) You know, sometimes we're like Watson, aren't we? And we are so caught up in the celebration that we forget who we're celebrating. We forget what we're celebrating and everything. Well, tonight, we just want to kick back a little bit and we just want to tell the simple story with a little help from some some friends for for the kids. But once upon a time, there was a young lady by the name of Mary. And Mary was probably a teenager around the ages of 15 to 18 years old. She was a simple Jewish lady. And her really goal in life was simply to, to be married to a, a man by the name of Joseph, who was a, who was a carpenter. And, and until suddenly just her whole life kind of switched around when an angel appeared to her, the angel Gabriel. And he told her some things. He said that she was going to be with child. And she didn't understand that a bit because she knew she'd never been with a, with a man. And yet she, she asked a question. I love the question she asked. She said, how will this happen? Notice she didn't say, how can this happen? And you may seem like, that may seem like just a, a real insignificant thing, but it's, it's all the difference in the world, those words. Because one is, is a, a statement of belief and the other is a statement of unbelief. One is a statement of saying, God, I don't understand how this could possibly happen, so I don't believe you. The other one is saying, God, I don't understand how this could possibly happen, but I do believe you. But could you possibly let me know kind of what's going on here? Because this isn't what happened in biology class that I I learned about. And they said this. And, And what I love this, she did this. She trusted God for what she didn't understand. Isn't that what faith is about? 
And faith isn't faith when we understand everything that's going on. Faith is really faith when we don't understand what's going on. When God is all that we have to, to, to cling to. And something else is she believed God for something that had never, ever happened before. And I would suspect will never, ever, ever happen again. She trusted God for the impossible. And here's what the angel told her. He said, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of, of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For, don't miss this, nothing is impossible with God. And I just want you to hear that because there's some of you that need to hear that today. Because you're following, uh, you're, you're in, in the middle of a situation that is at least extremely difficult. And it may be impossible. It may be a financial situation. It may be a situation in your job. It may be a situation at school. It may be a a health situation. It may be a relationship problem that you have with someone else. And it truly, absolutely looks impossible. And it may be impossible to you. But what God wants you to know is it is not impossible for him. If God can have a virgin, have a, have a baby. If God can speak a universe into existence, whatever your problem is and whatever my problem is, no, how, no matter how impossible it is on our part, it's, it's truly possible with the God of creation. And you know, something that we, we looked at in the last series that we've been in is, is, is this, that when she said yes to God, what she was saying is, is she knew that, that this was going to change her life at the very least. And it could, in fact, cost her her life. But I love what she said. She said these words. She said, I'm the Lord's servant. Do with me whatever you want. And I love that. What what an act of total surrender. You know, one time my my uncle, my uncle Clayson, he was one time uh, out hunting, uh, hunting right at Christmas time. It was, I think, either Christmas Day or the day before Christmas. And he's out for uh, hunting rabbits with his dogs. and, And for a couple of hours, he's out there. And suddenly he saw two guys and they came up to him like this. And he said, they said, we give up. And he said, what do you mean? He said, aren't you the law? And he said, no, I'm not the law. You want to keep running? You go ahead and run. <laughs> and, and they said, no. And what had happened was this. His dogs had, had been chasing the rabbits, but they thought they were the, 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 the dogs of the law. And they kept going across a swollen creek one way, and then the other, and then the other, and then the other for a couple of hours. And they were freezing. They were exhausted. They were hungry. And they said this, they said, we will give up to you if you do one thing. Can you just promise us one thing? Can you promise us a home-cooked meal before we have to go back to jail? And they said, he said, absolutely. And, the, and all the, the law enforcement of the county stayed around them while, while they fed them a, a meal. But you know, I thought of that is, is, and I really felt like God said to this as I was, I was preparing this message, that God said, there are going to be people here right now who are hearing my voice here and online that you're running from God. I mean, and it may not be that you're, you know, just flying a totally horrible, terrible situation, but you know that you're, you're maybe running from God's call in your life. Maybe you're just running from, from what God is saying to do in your life. Maybe you're just saying God has been put on the back burner. Maybe there was a time in your life where you were a lot closer to God than you are right now. And what better time than God to say, you know what, God, I'm tired of running from you tonight on Christmas Eve 2017, God, I'm running towards you. I'm coming back to you tonight. And that's really the story of, uh, of Mary in a, in a nutshell. And there's also, there's also Joseph. 
Joseph is, is one of my heroes as, uh, as well. And we know that he was probably a, a teenager as well in his upper teens. And, and you know, you think about it, that's really a lot of times the age where we're all caught up in ourselves. But here was a guy that his heart was absolutely broken because he found out that the one he was betrothed to was with child. And he knew that he had nothing to do with that. So you can imagine how broken his heart was. And he was ready to, to put, put her aside quietly because, you know, here's the weird thing. He was, his heart was broken, but he was going to do what was best for Mary, even though that he thought she was the one that broke his heart. But then a beautiful thing happened, and the angel told him exactly what took place and said that Mary wasn't the one that, that cheated on him. And, and, and even, even said this, said, said you know, Mary is, is with a child by the, by the Holy Spirit. And so... So, and then the, the angel left and Joseph was, was there. So what did Joseph do? What was Joseph, Joseph do when he ha- heard this? And God said, you know, to, to go ahead and take Mary as your, uh, as your betrothed. I love what he does. He obeys. And he says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord told, commanded him to do and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no reunion with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. I love this guy because here's what he did. He always always, always obeyed. We don't have one record of God ever telling him to do something that he didn't obey immediately and, uh, and absolutely. And that may seem like a little thing, but you know, the rest of the story really wouldn't have happened if it weren't been for his simple obedience. If it wouldn't been for her saying, God, do with me whatever you want, and for him to, to the obedience. And a lot of times we think we wait for those times that, God, I'm going to do something spectacular for you someday. God, I'm going to do something amazing for you someday. And you know what God really wants? He wants our simple obedience day by day. He says this, to obey is better than sacrifice. How about that? God would rather have our little simple obedience than us do spectacular things because it's it's amazing how God can bless us, and it's amazing how God can bless our families, and it's amazing how God can bless our community and our world around us, and the jobs we live in, and the, and the, the people we're around if we just simply obey Him in even the little things of life that seem insignificant to us, but are very significant to, to God. And then, then also, there's the, the Magi, or we call them the three wise men. We, we don't know exactly how many there were, do we? But we, we think there were three because there were three gifts. And also that there were, we think there were three because tradition says that there were three of them. And here's what the, here's what the Bible says. They went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them uh, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child and his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream to go back, to, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country another way. There are two really special things that I love about these guys. The first thing is I love that they were willing to do whatever it took to get to Jesus. Scholars tell us that they probably were traveling over two years in order to find him. And something else that I love about them is their, their worship. You know, the Bible says, if you really look in the, in the Greek and what it means, it says this, basically, having their legs buckle in front of them, they fell down and worshiped God. And isn't that a beautiful thing? That here's these guys, the tradition tells us they were kings in their own right. And here they came to a little baby who was, who was born the king of kings. And these kings, when they saw him, their knees bent, their knees buckled, and they fell down and worshiped God. You know, their, their gifts were extremely symbolic. The first one gave a, a, a gift of, of, of gold, the Bible tells us. And gold is what you gave to a king. 
Gold was what you gave to a, to a king. The second one was, was symbolic as well because it was incense, frankincense. And incense is what you gave to God. That's what you offered to God in worship. The third one was really strange. It was, it's myrrh. And myrrh, get this, was the embalming fluid of the day. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being Mary and Joseph and all of a sudden saying, here's a, a gift that I have for your kid. It's formaldehyde. Imagine what's going on there. But these gifts are incredibly symbolic. They're they absolutely prophetic because what was happening here is he's saying that he was born a king. He was born, he was God in human flesh and he was also born to die as, as well. You know, something that, that also I love is the, the shepherds. I love the shepherds because these, these guys have my heart. Imagine if you would, imagine if you would, if you were out there and you were just a shepherd in those days and, and you were just, just doing shepherd stuff, watching, the, watching your flock and, and just being out there and, and all of a sudden, here's what happened. Listen to this. When the, the, sorry, here we are. And there it is. And then the angel, and there were shepherds living out in the fields uh, nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were terrified. I want you to imagine this for a second. I want you to imagine that you were one of them, and the, the brightest thing you've ever seen at night is a torch. And all of a sudden, the whole, the whole hillside lights up. And imagine the terror that's going on in your mind. Imagine when you see all these angels at, at, at one time, what's going on? I mean, I guarantee you, fear was flooding their bodies. Other things may have been flooding through their bodies as well. I mean, it may have been just, gr- the grass probably grew a little greener in the hills that, you know, after that. And we think about it, the angel said this, don't miss these words. The angel said, do not be afraid. Do you know of all the thing, commandments that God gives us in Scripture? Of all the ones that He gives us, you know what He gives us the most? It's that one right there. Don't be afraid. 365 times God says in His Word, don't be afraid. 365. You think that's just by accident? Because God is saying every day of your life, you do not have to be afraid. And there's some people right here, a lot of us in this room right now, you're worried, you're stressed, you're concerned, highly concerned about something. Maybe you are even freaking out about something. And maybe the word for you today, tonight, is God is saying to you, you don't have to be afraid. Every day of your life, you don't have to be afraid. And here's what the, he said, said, the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And I thought back, you know, as I'm hearing that, I'm thinking back of when my my first child was born. And I, man, I was on the phone. I called everybody I could think of to give them the good news that my child was born. And think of it, this is really God's birth announcement. I mean, God's announced everything everybody, that's my boy right there. God is saying to everybody, and I love the fact that we serve a God that is stoked. I love the fact that we love, that we serve a God that gets excited, that he also can have a birth announcement and say, that's my, that's my child. And here's the thing that's wild. Why shepherds? Of all the people he could have possibly said, I mean, of, of all the people that he could have made the birth announcement to, why shepherds? 
Because they were really the outcasts of all society. Did you know that? They were the ones that, they could not worship in the temple because their, their job made them unclean. They were not allowed to testify in a court of law because they were, their, their character was so suspect. And yet God picks them to be the very first people that he hears the good news, uh, gives the good news to. Imagine that. Why? Maybe it's because when he said this is for all people, he really wanted to go out of his way and say, it's really, he's really for all people. So what did they do? Here's what it says. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. You know, I remember the first time that I ever had a, that uh, I was six years old and I'd always wanted a puppy. Can anybody relate to that? Anybody else want a puppy sometime when you were growing up? And do you remember the first time? I remember my neighbor, I was staying at my neighbor's house while my parents went to get the puppy and I remember the neighbor came back and said, there's a bow wow waiting for you at your home. And I still remember it like it was yesterday. I remember with my little six-year-old legs running as fast as I could around over their yard and through the vacant lot and then into my house and there was the puppy there. Can you imagine how fast these guys ran? Can you imagine just them jostling for position to get there to be the first one? And here's the one, man, this is one of the things I want to get a DVD of when I went to heaven right here because I want to see them busting in and I want to see them all of a sudden, these shepherds face-to-face with the Messiah face-to-face with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one that they'd been told about and the ones that they thought they would never be a part of because they're too, they're too out there, they're too back, they're, too, they're, they're, the, they're the forgotten ones and yet they're the very ones that get to see the, the, the baby really for the, for the first time. And I want you to imagine Mary and Joseph. Can you imagine really kind of the first people that ever show up there were shepherds? Can you imagine the picture there? Can you imagine that, that here they were and, and just, just fresh out of having a baby and all of a sudden the people that come there are the stinky, smelly shepherds that, that, that show up. But really, you know, a lot of it, that's... Uh, and, and, and what did they do after they saw him? It said this, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had heard about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things. And, and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which was just as had been told them. Let's give them a hand, you guys. Thank you. Go ahead. You know, a few, um, a couple of years ago, uh, we had some real candles. We're doing a candlelight service now, uh, but well, we did real candles two years ago, and here's why we're not doing it tonight, because it took about 12 of us about two or three hours the day after to, to clean up all the, the wax was here. I don't miss the mess, but I miss the symbolism. You know what the symbolism was really is, is, is you had a candle, and somebody else had a candle, and they lit your candle, and then you waited, and you lit somebody else's candle. And really, isn't that what God, is, it's, it's about? Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? You think about it, that if you're a Christian here tonight, somebody lit your candle. Somebody cared enough to invite you. Somebody cared enough to give their testimony. Somebody cared enough to give you a book. Somebody cared enough to do something to help you take steps to find your way to Jesus Christ. And now, what do you think God wants us to do now that our candle's lit? We're to go out into a dark world, a crying and sighing and dying world, and we can do the same thing. We can light other candles. We can be the people who who share our testimony. We can be the people who simply give an invitation to come to church or to youth group or anything like that, and it can make a difference in their lives as as well. And I want to just take a look at, at, at two verses. 
You are to give his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. And also, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born, and he is Christ the Lord. I want you to think about the word Savior. Because God could have sent us anybody, couldn't he? God could have sent us, in fact, somebody wrote it in this and said, if our greatest need had been information, he would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. I love the the letter to Santa that said this. Dear Santa, there are three boys living in my house. Jeffrey, who is two. David, who is four. And and Norman, who is seven. Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good some of the time. And Norman is good all the time. Signed, Norman. Right? (laughs) The problem is none of us are Norman, are we? And in fact, if we could put on the jumbotron up here, if we could put things that we have thought, things that we have done, things that we have said, our motives and everything, we would all be mortified of what was up here. Even probably today, we'd be a little mortified up there. But you know, the great thing is, is God has come. One of the big reasons he came was to, to save us from our sins. That's the reason he came, was to give us sal- salvation. And you know, I, how many of you were ever lifeguards uh, at any time in your life? Several of you, a bunch of you. And one thing, I would probably make the worst lifeguard there ever was, because I'd see a hand go up and I'd say, God bless you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I'd be doing this. But you know, one, one thing we know about, about lifeguards, if you're ever a lifeguard, you know this, you can't save somebody if they're trying to save themselves the only way you can save them is when they give up and they quit trying to save themselves and then you can wrap your arm around their 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 chest and you can take them to to safety the same way with us you know we can't save ourselves if we if any one of us could earn salvation in anything that we did jesus would not have to come in the human flesh and he would not have had to come and die the very fact that god had to come in human flesh shows us that there's not one of us that could ever earn our way to, to salvation so what do we do We simply receive, just like tomorrow, tonight, you're going to receive some gifts that you did not pay for. It's a gift. And the other thing that you have to do, it may be presented to you, but you've got to do something. You can't just sit there. You have to receive that gift. It may be perfect. It may be exactly what you need. It may be what you waited for your whole life. But until you receive it, it does you no good. In the same way, the Bible says, to those who receive him, to those it gives the right to become children of God. And if we could just bow our head and close our eyes. And maybe you're here tonight. And you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You've never received the gift that God offers. And I can, um, can you imagine God offering you the greatest gift of, uh, you could possibly be given? Possibly be given. The gift of salvation. The gift of forgiveness. The gift of going to heaven when you die. And can you imagine God offering that gift and you saying, no, really, I'm just going to try to earn my own way. And if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, or maybe you're here tonight... And you're that person that I talked about that you're not where you're supposed to be with God. You're running from a calling. Maybe you're just in a place that you thought you'd never be. Maybe there was a time that you were so much closer to God than you are right now. Or maybe just God, you haven't disliked God, but just he's not been that important to your life in the last few weeks or months or years. If either of that is you, I just invite you to to pray this prayer. And if everybody else could pray this prayer, helping them along right now, pray this prayer out loud, sincerely from your heart. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to earth. Thank you for dying for me. I recognize that I'm a sinner. But I know you died on the cross for sinners. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to be the boss of my life. 
I give you the steering wheel of my life. I get off the throne of my life. And I ask you to get on. Thank you for hearing my prayers. God, I come back to you. I knew you once in a great way. I want to know you again. But God, I've been running from the call that you have for my life. There's somebody here that you know that. Man, I know that, I know that, I know that. There's somebody here that you've been running from the call. You know you have a call on God's on your life. God's calling you. God's wooing you. He's not there. And I want you to know this. God's not here with a finger pointing at you. He's here with open arms to say, come home, my child. And so, God, we pray for every person that prayed that prayer. And, God, I pray this, too, that there's maybe people here tonight. There are people that they, they're facing an impossible situation. They're facing a situation that is too big for them. And I thank you, God, that it's not too big for you. And God, I pray that right now in the name of Jesus Christ, that you break down walls, that you break through relationships, that you, that you soften hearts, that you soften, that you, you, you break through walls that cannot be broken. And God, you make a way where there is no way in their life. And God, I pray for every person here that is afraid, that is scared, that is worried, that is super concerned about an issue in their life or an area of their life or maybe their life in general. And God, I pray for them that they, you, just, you just speak to them and say, don't be afraid. Thank you, God, that you never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, God, that you work all things together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Thank you, God, that you know you have the plans for us, good plans for us, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, and plans to give us a hope and a future, your word says. Thank you, God, that you, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear any evil because you are with us, God. And we thank you for that. And all God's people said, amen. 